you're looking for a happy place, you have found it. This is Live Happy Now. Wherever you're listening in the world, however you may be listening, we are overjoyed that you are making us a part of your day. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, of the podcast dedicated to bringing you closer to your peak happiness through powerful, positive psychology, relatable stories and insights, Maybe a little bit of fun along the way as well. We're also thrilled and overjoyed by our partners that have joined us in this venture. Of course, Live Happy Magazine, available on newsstands wherever fine magazines are sold. You can also find us at livehappy.com, and you can even find our digital edition on the iTunes Store and on Google Play. We also want to thank our partner, Life Reimagined. Their website is lifereimagined.org slash happy. They've got numerous processes for you to go through, some resources that you can use on your journey to true happiness. You know, they say, as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to lifereimagined.org slash happy. Getting an opportunity to sit in on quite a interesting uh, conversation here today. It's with Dr. Drew Ramsey, the New York Times bestselling author of Fifty Shades of Kale and the Happiness Diet. He's one of psychiatry's leading proponents of using dietary change to help balance moods, sharpen brain function, and improve mental health. Now, in this episode, he's talking with Live Happy Science Editor Paula Phelps about the top foods for brain health, how to get your brain into grow mode, and great tips for an eating healthy budget. Well, Drew, I know that you focus a great deal on the mental health effects of food, and I was wondering if you could tell us why you chose that area of interest to, to look at. Well, I'm a psychiatrist, so, so that's my, my field of medicine, uh, and so I'm interested in mental health, and that's the type of uh, conditions that I treat. And, but I think also there is this kind of universal appeal that we're all eaters, and we all seek happiness and, and seek to be in that, that great state that we know where we're feeling our best, where we've got good energy, and we're you know, getting a good night's sleep and, and feel optimistic. So um, I think the food has interested me because it's a way that, that kind of all of us get connected to our mood and, and, and then our, our happiness and, and consequently our brain health. But when we talk about feeling better in terms of being happier and, and having a better mood, food isn't the first thing that comes to mind. So can you kind of talk about how food affects the way that we are feeling emotionally? Paul, you know, I'm so deep in it. I still I hear that all the time, and I, uh, you're right. It doesn't come to mind. We think about so many other things with food. Right? We think about heart health and, and obesity and weight, uh, but we don't think about mood and happiness. And um, and, and I really hope that's going to change. I think it's changing because if you think about uh, as you as an organism, your brain cells, they consume more of your food than any other cell by far. They're very, very hungry, very energy intensive cells. And they're also affected by what you eat, right? Because our brain cells are, are these like phenomenal uh, workhorses, but they're also very fragile. And so uh, I, I hope that as... Um, uh, people hear more from the mental health community about the power of food in terms of influencing their, their brain health and happiness. We'll, we'll, people will be more accepting of this idea for sure. Well, how did that get left out of the equation? Because it's, as I've read some of the things that you've written about and having spoken with you before, it seems so natural that that would have been part of our education process, but it kind of got left out of the equation. You know, yeah, we don't teach a lot about nutrition. Um, you think, and, and, and I mean, ranging from medical school, I went to medical school. The average medical school um, offers just a couple of hours of nutrition education over four years. And, you know, if you think about most of our 
um, educational systems, we don't talk about just the basics of nutrition, uh, the basics of cooking, um, how to make a pickle. I mean, <laughs> just just simple kind of what used to be, I think, reasonably universally held skills. And and so I think we left it out, um, and, and it's time to put it back in. Um, uh, and particularly in medicine, we're seeing that you know increasingly we're thinking more about root causes, more about food. How do you, as a professional, start turning that tide and getting more people to realize the relationship between food and how you feel? Paula, well, I'm, I'm an optimist, and I think the tide is actually already turning. We have a new international organization focused on nutrition and psychiatry. Um, Lancet uh, Psychiatry, a very prestigious medical journal, published a statement um, uh, that uh, describes nutritional psychiatry as quote-unquote mainstream, uh, that we have a, a really big evidence base now linking dietary pattern, what you eat, to your risk of depression, your risk of dementia, your kid's risk of attention deficit disorder. There's a compelling body of science. And I think also people are just getting more savvy about mental health. I mean, there's so much stigma about talking about you know, any mental health condition um, that uh, now I think there's a more of a conversation and certainly more of a conversation about how food impacts those illnesses and those mood states. And you've had some really dramatic results treating depression with food. Is that correct? Yes, I've had both dramatic results with patients and then I think also personally as a clinician and as an eater, uh, changing what I eat has certainly influenced how I feel. And, and I've enjoyed how it shaped how I practice medicine. I think it's really a wonderful thing to learn what my patients eat and to work with them to get to a better spot, whatever that goal is for them. Um, and then clinically, it's just, you know, it seems now the data really suggests we should be talking to patients about food. I mean, let's just say something like um, you have a patient with depression, right? Well, along with whatever might get them out of that oppression, depression, uh, medication, psychotherapy, or standard treatments, if you want to reduce the risk of somebody getting depressed again, we really need all hands on deck. I mean, depression is a real, you know, a, a serious killer of an Ill, illness. And uh, food, along with exercise and other lifestyle changes, just really is our most powerful tool in prevention. So it's, uh, you know, uh, that's why I think the tide's turning. I think we've got a lot of evidence. We've got everybody's really excited about food these days. I mean, like, you know, people are excited about kale salads. I mean, that's, that's, we're in the great, we're in a great spot in food history. Um, and so, uh, and people are getting much smarter about nutrition. I, I'm really excited that, that we're returning to this more whole foods, more farm fresh, um, type of food. That's what I grew up on. That's what I eat. That's what I grow on our farm. And it's just really exciting. So, you know, like I said, I'm an optimist. I think the tide is really starting to turn in terms of including food in the conversation about happiness and wellness and mental health. And you're further in that conversation with your new book because you're looking at healthy eating far beyond weight loss. You're also looking at how it helps your brain health. And, yes, and can, that, you, can you talk about some of the foods that are, are best for brain health? For sure. And and those are the the foods that form the core of Eat Complete, which is the new book that I've been working on, new project we've been working on all year. And the recipes are designed around these 21 nutrients that are absolutely essential for brain health, things like omega-3 fats. But I think some surprises for people, like I feel I'm one of the first cookbooks that's going to recommend people eating bacteria, 
which I'm really excited about with all really? the science the micro, yeah, with the microbiome. So there's some really cool fermented foods and a lot of great science about um, how gut health and brain health interact. And, but at the core of it are these delicious recipes. I worked with Chef Jennifer Easterlow again, who uh, she uh, did all the recipes with Fifty Shades of Kale, and really um, very excited to share this project and, and, and have this come out. It actually is just it's just going to the press next week. Absolutely gorgeous photos by Ellen Silverman, just a top-notch food photographer. So it's this kind of mashup of a real health philosophy book along with really beautiful uh, photos and great, delicious, um, easy recipes. And, and then we have our custom nutritionals, which, you know, if you ever wondered, like, how many milligrams of B12 is in your serving of mussels and, and what percentage of your daily value are you getting with that meal? So um, I'll have all that information for every recipe as well, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Well, that's exciting because so oftentimes we read you need more B12, you need more of this, more of that, more omega-3s, but we don't get you need this amount. Um, yeah, and I think and that's so where people I, get lost and confused. So is your book correcting that for them? That's exactly right. The, the, the call to action here is that we, as much as people are focused on how much we're eating, we are really nutrient insufficient. And the most important, some of the most important nutrients for brain health, things like vitamin B12 and, and, and the long chain omega-3 fats or something like zinc, I mean, absolutely essential for brain health. And the majority of Americans don't get enough zinc in their daily diet. So the, the book really details that very clearly with what are the percents, uh, percentage of insufficiencies that exist and then what are the top foods and then top recipes in the book that are going to help you correct that. So if, if you look through your diet, because uh, the, the book kind of helps people assess their diet and see you're low on zinc, well, the section on zinc helps you find five recipes that are going to get you more than 100% of your daily need of zinc. So you always know when you're eating that recipe, you're, you're really getting a great healthy dose. And that, that's how the book's designed is that these recipes for three to 400 calories, even less on some of them, you get five or six of these brain essential nutrients and you get at least 25 to 40% of that nutrient and, and for many of them more. So that it, I, I hope it will help people correct that and get really excited about eating for brain health. The book is called E-Complete, the 21 Nutrients that Fuel Brain Power, Boost Weight Loss, and Transform Your Health. Because it's my belief that if you eat looking for these nutrients and getting them for the least number of calories, your body, your brain's going to be fully fueled, and then you'll be at your healthy weight, whatever that is for your body. And I think that transforms people's health. I'm a, I'm a clinician, and so I see people really transform their health in my practice. And usually when that happens, it's because they're, they're free of, of any kind of um, unneeded uh, mental sadness or anxiety, and they're, they're, they're happy about uh, their weight. And um, so that, that's the hope for you complete. That's terrific. And, and how difficult is it? Because that's one of people's first objections is that it's just so hard to eat healthy. So how does it yeah, simplify so, it for uh, them? I'm a, I'm a dad with two kids and a wife, and uh, I cook um, almost every day. Um, I don't believe in anything that isn't feasible or reasonable or cost-effective. So I'm a Midwestern at heart, so it's not hard. That, that's the, the, all of my work uh, with food. I do not like recipes that are hard or complicated or wasteful. Um, there are a couple of things in the book I think that are going to be a little new to people. Some some gluten free grains that are um, that are 
interesting and fun, like quinoa and teff um, and millet. Uh, so, but but everything is very straightforward. A lot of the recipes are really fast, and that's one of the great things um, uh, about the recipes is that they're they're really uh, meant for families, and they're meant. For, and I understand that families are busier than ever, so. Uh, I don't believe in things that are overly restrictive. There's truffles in the book. I mean, there is a dessert section. There's an absolutely amazing mango turmeric gratin dessert that's really delicious. There's um, lots of great seafood, but there's also interesting meats. There's a great roast chicken. There's a, a couple of wonderful pork loin recipes. So it, it's really a book that will both, I think, appeal to, I hope, eaters of every stripe, from vegetarians to meat eaters, but just people who want to really eat a nutrient-dense meal and know what they're getting. And what do you expect will be the result if, if they will start following the, the prescriptions, basically, in, within the book? Yeah, well, it 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 it, it um, always strikes me that the effect of changing food is very very rapid in people. Um, you know, a lot of times with with medications, we're waiting uh, a month, um, and and with psychotherapy, sometimes we're we're waiting you know months for that that good transformative idea. So um, it's interesting. I've had people who I talked to about food, and they told me about how they were so much happier just even just going to the grocery store and just knowing that they were filling their cart with stuff that was going to help them feel uh, um, happy and well. So uh, I would say that the the uh, really depend on where your diet is right now. Mm-hmm. If you're in a bad spot right now and, and you're eating in a way that, that both promotes unhappiness and guilt and, and has a lot of empty calories uh, a lot of fast food, a lot of convenience food, a lot of processed foods. You're taking in a lot of things that, as soon as you cut them, start to feel better. You, you're gonna, um, you know, ranging from just you know better function in the bathroom to to a, just more regular energy throughout the day to better sleep. And that that happens, I find, very quickly. Um, and, and then the longer term changes, I think, really peel out over the next several weeks to months, where. You know, I mean, weight loss, I believe healthy weight loss is, you know, really not extreme. I mean, it's about living in good habits. Excellent. And one of the things that you talk about is getting your brain to go into grow mode. Can you explain to us what that means and how you can use food to do that? For sure, for sure. This is like very cool brain science I think everybody should know about and be excited about, which is that your adult human brain continues to grow. And it's not like you can grow a whole new brain, but... This this is not what we thought about the brain. We used to say, well, you know, you, you get born and you've got, you know, uh, about 100 billion brain cells and good luck. Like, take good care of them because you're not going to get any more. We thought you didn't get new brain cells in adult life, and, and you do. And we know the brain is constantly rewiring. It's a very exciting notion because it means that you have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so food, there are now five nutrients that, that we know promote uh, uh, some, uh, it's a neurohormone, it's a, a molecule that, it, that people describe as miracle growth for the brain. You put it on brain cells and they form more connections. Uh, we have some stem cells in the brain and, and you put BDNF, which is what this neurohormone is called on there, and they give birth to more brain cells. So it promotes what's called neurogenesis. And, and that's at the heart of neuroplasticity with this notion that the brain is kind of constantly rewiring itself and learning and growing. 
And so your food choice can help you be in a better place with that. If you, I, I tell people, I gave a recent um, TEDx talk at Traverse City that if people want to hear a more extended version of my five foods, but there are five foods that I recommend for brain health. Um, my little rhyme right now is, is seafood, greens, nuts and beans, and dark chocolate. So these five food groups contain these really important nutrients that promote neuroplasticity in brain growth and overall brain health. Um, and just started to like geek out here, Paula, but there's, there is a super cool study that just came out. My colleague Felice Jacka, who is like one of the gurus of brain food, uh, her team looked at the dietary pattern of people and the size of their hypothalamus, a, a very important part of the brain in terms of, of, of memory. And they, they looked at folks who were 60 and, and followed them for about four years and then scanned their brains again uh, before and after. And they found that the people who ate this healthier whole foods diet was for brain health. But they had much bigger brains. Well, that's really exciting because people are always looking for that fountain of youth. And, of course, it's, it's got to start in the brain. And, and so you're basically saying that we can change the shrinkage of our brain by what we eat. People don't think about brain health and mood when they think about food. And I just, I don't know how much more I can jump up and down and scream it from the rooftops. It's just so exciting to me. I was just, uh, I was just working with an organization yesterday called uh, Just Food. And they uh, were here in New York City with, like, I can get farm fresh food. They have um, communities set up all over New York City. So I can actually get a box of farm fresh food delivered to my house from a local farm. I mean, and that exists increasingly all over America. So it's a very exciting time for both food and brain health. That's terrific. And as people listen to this and they think, well, I want to do that, but it costs so much to eat healthy. And I know you hear that all the time. So can you tell us where they can go to get the best value when it comes to buying good, healthy brain food? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, is for sure sign up for my list because I'm, I'm always trying to put out good content about brain food and what to eat. Um, the, and then on my website, I've got some resources where people can find local farmers markets and where this farm fresh food is. I dare anybody. <laughs> I dare anybody out there. I'll give you a free book. I'll sign it um, uh, to to uh, really try it out and see if you don't save money. If you get yourself a crock pot, a good blender, and you focus on whole fresh foods and a lot of produce that's in season, you're going to save money. I, I just made a big pot of uh, pozole, which is a kind of um, Mexican uh, hominy. It's like a big, you know, soaked corn and beef stew. Um, I made enough. I'm, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be able to eat on this for probably at least a week. I had to freeze some of it. And I think the whole soup cost me under $15, right? It, wow. it, so it, 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 um, I think the myths that we have to dispel about healthy food is it doesn't taste good. Because that's definitely not that is not the case. Um, uh, it, it, you can make you know, this food taste delicious, um, and that it's expensive, and that it's hard to make. Um, mm-hmm. I really I, I don't spend hours and hours in the kitchen. Um, the time I do spend in the kitchen, I, I tend to enjoy. And um, so let's just quickly though brain food on a budget, right? Let's talk about the top brain foods in my mind for their low cost. Number one is the egg. If you think about it. 
an egg has everything you need to make a chicken brain cell. And a chicken brain cell, it's not as cool as your brain cell, but it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty close to a human brain cell. So every nutrient you need to make a brain cell is in an egg. Um, other things that I think are really great, uh, super budget-minded folks, is canned fish. And people say that's gross. But if you look at anchovies, sardines, and even canned salmon, you can do lots of interesting things like a, a salmon salad or an anchovy dressing, a vinaigrette, or a real nice Caesar dressing. So um, my other favorite seafood budget tip is mussels, right? They're like 4 oh, bucks yeah. a pound. Everywhere in America, 2 pounds of mussels, $8. Get that, a baguette, a bottle of white wine. Have a great date. You're going to sit and talk for hours. <laughs> and a little garlic butter. Right. It's a, it's like, that's like, you know, your brain's totally dosed and you've got a romantic date, like $8. What a great deal. So, um, let's, that's my top antidepressant uh, prescription in my practice actually is to have muscles and have a good date. And almost everybody feels better after that. Oh, that's um, let's see other things I think are really great value. I think there's nothing better than a bag of nuts. They have these great bags of raw unsalted nuts and, you know, all the various foods, the Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Walmart, you can find them. Um, almonds, cashews, and uh, uh, I think are some of the best value. Um, even peanuts, I think, are a good value if you can find them um, raw and, and unsalted um, and because these are going to make a great snack for you. Another great piece of value, I think, is a real dark chocolate chip. Again, so you don't have that temptation to eat the whole bar. Because mm-hmm. uh, a great snack, I think, is mixing some dark chocolate chips and almonds together. Instead of buying that, you know, $8 small bag of dark chocolate-covered almonds, you know, you can get a bag of almonds and uh, a bag of dark chocolate chips. And, you know, um, so there's that's another, I guess, little budget tip. Cabbage. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in the cabbage. Um, great, a great brain food, great base for things. Um, very inexpensive. And then uh, frozen stuff, you know, that, that um, frozen produce uh, contains all of the nutrients and um, you can get some really, um, you know, that's where I get most of my blueberries uh, and my smoothies is, is um, you know, a big bag of frozen blueberries. So um, I think those are some of the tip. Oh, I'm sorry. One last brain food budget tip would be beans and lentils. I mean, ah. especially lentils. These things are like... Wow. I mean, if you if you're having a problem with food, get a crock pot, take a carrot and a piece of celery, chop them up and dump them in with two cups of lentils and maybe two cups, three cups of water, a little bit of salt and pepper. But you don't even need that because the celery has a lot of natural salts. And then mm-hmm. just let it sit for like, you know, put it on low for a few hours. Uh, amazing soup, very inexpensive. And, and so now we have to wait a few months for your book to come out. Is that correct? It comes out in April? We'll have some of the content going up as a little sneak preview probably on my website. And um, and then I'm trying to uh, – I'll certainly share some of the some of the secrets and behind-the-scenes stuff on my Facebook page and on my website. But, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's a fun new project, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really I'm, – I'm excited to see how people respond. Terrific. I am, too, and I think uh, – it's it's so fascinating and exciting that you're part of this new way of thinking about food and and how and what it's going to do for us. Um, so as we leave, what is the one thing that people can do today, right now, as soon as they finish listening to this, to start changing the way that they eat? Well, I would say the number one thing that I want people to do is to be mindful that when you're putting that fork to your lips, not every time, but most of the time. Make sure 
that you're making a choice that really supports your, your brain, your most important asset. And so uh, I think the, the really the first step for everyone has to be a commitment and, and a mindfulness around what we're eating because uh, I'm convinced everybody listening right now actually knows what to do in terms of healthy eating. I don't think anything I said probably surprised too many folks, right? Eat real food, eat whole foods, eat some more seafood, <laughs> eat more plants, have fun with your food, you know, enjoy food, cook for each other, share meals, right? That's good common sense about how to live a healthier, happier life. I think where people are struggling is in the very bis- busy and rushed lives, not um, making a commitment to be mindful and to, and to choose that path um, and to enjoy it. At the end of year four, you have a very, very powerful, powerful choice. And I hope, I hope some of what we talked today helps people make the choices that are best for their brain health. Fascinating as always. If you'd like a free sketch note of this episode or if we want to pre-order Dr. Drew Ramsey's newest book, Eat Complete, you can go to livehappynow.com. Also, hey, we want to hear from you. We love interacting with our listeners, and there are several ways you can do it. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, on Instagram by searching MyLiveHappy, or you can even send us an email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. We want to hear from you, what you took away from this episode, or maybe another episode, or something you'd like to hear on a future episode. doesn't matter. We want to know what you're thinking. For Dr. Drew Ramsey, for Paula Phelps, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, and remember to always live happy.